Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online at DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, editor-in-chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 15-8 and eight after losing to Houston 62-67. J.T., we always start off with you. Thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, so exactly what I said couldn't happen happen on the on the last pod. It couldn't come out and allow them to, you know, take a, a big lead. I think they were what they were up but was that seventeen? No. Fifteen to four? Was it fifteen to four? Nineteen to four? You know, got yeah, nineteen to four. Um, they didn't get a rebound until they had 11 re to Houston had 11 rebounds. I think five of them were offensive and they made a run and were super impressive. Like they went from having a 10 rebound margin gap until the end of the half. I think they had four. I think the gap was just at four. So that was a hell of a turnaround for the Bearcats. I thought Jamil Reynolds, his physicality, Houston couldn't push him around. I think he, you know, solidified the Bearcats a lot um, with his play on, on uh, dang, my days are running into, to each other on Saturday, right? Um, so, which is crazy. But uh, I thought he played very well. I thought, uh, you know, um, Jizzle and Day Day played well. Um, Day Day had a couple mishaps, but I thought Jizzle – was very strong and even played well defensively. He had a, a block up on uh, on, shed, on Shed, and it was a real nice play. And I think he's just getting better and better. Both of those guys, defensively, the defensive efforts have been great. Um, I thought Jizzle was super calm. He was getting to the hole against one of the best defensive teams in the nation. Um, and you can check the metrics or check the eye test. Houston plays physical, and Jizzle James fit in with that, which was like just impressive. Like even at the post game, they were like, this kid's a freshman. <laughs> it's crazy. So even the players had high compliments for them, for him. Uh, but it was an up and down game. Like they weren't, they had like the, the peak, they were just low. They got high, got a three point lead into the half, came out, pushed that lead to seven. And then they went ice cold and Houston had a lot to do with that. And Houston went on like a 19 uh, two run or something crazy like that. And then the, right when you kind of wrote the Bearcats off, the Bearcats make a crazy run and just can't finish it out. But um, it's one of those games where I, I want to talk about this too. Like, um, like Vic, Vic since being sick has not been his himself. And I think, uh, you know, Wes said he played, you know, he had his good week of practice and, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on this. I did not like that the fans booed him multiple times, even though he didn't play good. We, we're not going to sugarcoat that, but I feel like we have to give this young man grace because it's not like he's just – it's not the lack of effort. Um, you might want to see him secure a rebound here and there, a score here and there, but at the end of the day is the Bearcats will be the best Bearcats team this year if Victor Locken – gets back to playing solid. So I don't think us born, like not us as media members, but our people that cover the team, us as the fans, they have to, this is a still young man. Um, he's not, he's not done anything wrong. You could say he's not played well. That's cool. That's fair. But to boo him multiple times when he touches the floor um, is just wrong. And I've never seen that done to a Bearcat. I've seen them boo the team, which is fair. But I never seen him single out a player, and I didn't like that. So I just wanted to address that, and I don't know um, people could feel how they want to feel about that. But I, I didn't like that personally, and um, I know we talked about that off record, but I, I hated that. So um, Vic didn't play well, but I thought 
Aziz, not Aziz played well offensively. Um, he, he, uh, I guess he changed a lot of his shots, but he didn't, he didn't rebound well. Um, but I thought Jamel played re- very well on both ends of the court. Um, I think Dan had a solid game. I mean, it was a lot of people that played well. It just wasn't, they just went cold at the wrong time. Um, and end up burning them, but I just I, I equate it to the start because they had to, you know, Houston's a hell of a gritty team, and they had to exert so much energy. I mean, you're down 19 to four, and you're getting killed, blasted on the on the glass. And I think they end up losing the glass battle by 10 at the end of the day. So it was essentially that 11 to one run, even on the glass, ended up beating them on at the end of the day. So it's one of those games where the Bearcats are right there. But Houston just shows like where you have to be be more consistent a little bit longer to uh, to knock off a top five team. So, JT, did you think that the physicality of of Houston at the start of that game really just punched the Bearcats in the mouth and and caused them, I think, to get down by as much, but just kind of get a little bit behind? Yes. Yeah. The the, the physicality was. Um, on 10 notches higher than I've probably seen like live um, I've seen all year and it, I think it took them a while to get adjusted like honestly it, it did they didn't adjust until Jamil got in there I feel like Jamil was the first person in the post they could not physically move and I feel like when that happened I feel like the, everybody else got more confidence they started gang rebounding and it started working out a lot a lot better um, you know John Newman had 10 rebounds he, he led the team but I do think I mean, he did a hell of a job. But I think that, you know, Reynolds calmed down the, the wave more so than anything. They couldn't push him around. He could get his – there's a couple of fouls they didn't call, like on a couple of his shots, which was weird. But they were kind of letting him play, and that's, that's to Houston's advantage. Um, sometimes to Bearcats' advantage too, but the way we started off, it ended up being a detriment. Yeah, Neil, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Yeah, obviously, as JT mentioned, I mean – look down it was 19 to 4 at one point and you look down at the rebounding margin and it's 11 to 0 before Cincinnati got their first rebound with about I think it was like 13 minutes left in the first half like you look down and you're like oh okay this is this is going to be a typical Cincinnati Houston battle where Houston's going to come out and be physical from the jump and that's what they were but an interesting stat I saw actually on this game from our good friend Chad Brendel of Bearcat Journal was that 10 of those rebounds for Houston came off Jamal Sheed missed shots. Jamal Sheed was six for 25 from the floor. And that's probably been his lowest performance of the season for Houston, which I thought Day Day Thomas and John Newman absolutely were incredible on a guy like Jamal Sheed and LJ Cryer versus Houston. I mean, you look down and Jamal Sheed still had 20 points, I believe, but it was not an easy 20. Most of them came from the foul line. So, on that aspect, you look down and you see, oh, okay, well, there's Jamal Sheed's 6 for 25. You're like, oh, that, that hasn't happened often. But then the rebounding, the physicality, that's just that early punch is what kind of set the tone early, but they weathered the storm. And that's something Wes Miller has always said and preached on was have to respond. It's about how you respond. And they responded with a 15-2 to two run there to end the first half. And that was a run where – it arguably could have changed the game if they would have been able to just start that run a little bit earlier because if they were able to weather that storm and seal the deal early and not get behind by as much as 15 in the first half, they could have been up even more than just three points at the half. They could have potentially been up maybe double digits after a run like that. So, But then you come out of the second half and it's a 7-0 run. Kelvin Sampson calls a timeout and then Houston responds with the 19-3 to run of their own and Ever since then, it was they had to play catch up. But I, I thought John Newman played fantastic. Ten points, ten rebounds, and Dede Thomas. I, I told people on the last episode of this podcast that many people remember this was a game where Dede Thomas I thought could really do a tremendous big impact on the defensive end on a guy like Jamal Sheed, and he did just that. So I was proud to see that. But also, let's let's reiterate on what JT said about Victor Lockin. Like, we all know that Vic has been the heart and soul of this team for most of the last two, two and a half seasons. And it's 
a struggle for him right now because he had time with the illness. He's still finding his way back, and people don't know this was an illness that kind of affected the whole team, including the coaching staff. But to boo him on your home court single-handedly, that that's not all right. As JT mentioned, that's something you never want to see, especially for a guy like Victor Locken, who has given his heart and soul to this program. He's done tremendous things. But as players, players go through these rough stretches, and they just have to work them, themselves out of it. But to see him get booed every time he came onto the court, that was something that just was not not all right and didn't sit well with me either. And that's something, as JT mentioned, we all talked about. So I, I didn't like that aspect. But overall, you lose by four points, five points, I believe, to Houston. Yeah, five points to Houston at home. I mean, that was a game where they desperately probably could have won and really made a, a nice impact on their NCAA tournament uh, resume. But they just couldn't overcome that second half run. I thought they were going to do it down the stretch. I thought Jizzle James was fantastic. Uh, 10 points. And he came down there, a crucial 7-0 run there late in the second half with about two minutes left. And it all started with Jizzle James. I mean, he gets the block on the defensive end. And then the 7-0 run comes. But then Houston is Houston and just outweathered the storm and sealed the deal towards the end. And then let's talk about Jamil Reynolds. I thought that was his best game as a Bearcat. And eight points, four rebounds. It didn't like wasn't like eye popping double digit numbers, but I think in the first half that that fifteen to two run, if I it might have been right before that fifteen to two run, the Jamil Reynolds put back dunk, which was insane, where he caught that thing off the Skillings missed three. That was about six inches, six eight inches on the underside of the far side of the basket for the put back slam. I think that busted the lid off of Fifth Third Arena and gave the Bearcats the momentum they needed. But I thought Jamil Reynolds was fantastic, especially on a guy like uh, Jawan Roberts, even though they had no answer for Roberts, it seemed. I mean, he finished with 20 points, eight rebounds on a very efficient, like eight for 10 shooting, if I remember right. But Jamil Reynolds has, over the last three games, this is the Jamil Reynolds that a lot of people envisioned this offseason when they got him in the transfer portal. So he's taking the right steps in the right direction. I think he's starting to really find his footing. I mean, he missed the first, what was it, nine games, ten games with the NCAA, the transfer waiver process. But now now that he's starting to get those reps under him, I think this Jamil Reynolds is some – like this Jamil Reynolds that we have seen in the last three games is going to be somebody that could really impact this team going forward. Uh, Neil, you mentioned uh, Dede. I, I need to give Dede a shout-out real quick. So <clears throat> recently I got a Facebook message from a uh, – girl that I grew up with and um, her son is friends with a young man who recently had a birthday and um, she was sending me a Facebook message and I was expecting the Facebook messages to be hey you know can you have day day um, just give him a birthday shout um, blah 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 you know I get that from time to time you know people ask you know me to get a player to say something to their kid or whatever so you know I'm all cool with that but then she went on to say that um, her her son's friend who was having a birthday i believe his birthday was on february 7th i think she sent the message a couple days prior well the young man's father had a heart attack and died right before his birthday and i'm like what and so i'm like she's like man it would mean the world that kid his favorite players day day and uh, if he could just kind of give him a birthday shout out, I was like, absolutely. So I went to practice on Friday <clears throat> and I asked Day Day to do the video. And he was like, before we could even film the video, you know, I just did a quick one on my phone. But before we could even do it, he was just shaking his head. He's like, man, that's crazy. He was like, so, you know, he's just asking a lot of questions about it. He was really concerned about the about the young man. Then Wes Miller came walking through while we were getting ready to record it. And he said, what's going on? I told Wes and Wes was like, oh, my Lord, that that's I mean, these these two folks, Wes and Day Day were visibly like don't even know the kid, but they were were, were shaking. I mean, who couldn't be? You know, you hear a story about a young man who's getting ready to have his 11th birthday, I believe. And father has a heart attack and dies. So they did a really nice video, sent it over to uh, Megan, uh, who reached out to me on Facebook and uh just made the kids day, and we're tr- I think we're trying to get them down to a game uh, to meet Day Day and hopefully Coach Miller. So 
Um, shout out the the staff and Day Day for uh, for doing that. So uh, quickly, my thoughts on the uh, game. Um, you guys covered a lot. Um, you know, JT, you hammered home the rebounding in uh, UC. You know, that was that was the issue uh, was rebounding. Um, I think Houston have. I don't, I don't have my my stats here, but I think I saw Houston and Neil help me out with this, but I don't because I don't have the internet up or the um, the stats up. I think Houston had around thirty eight points in the paint. Would that be correct? I can't, Neil. I can't hear you. Um, yep. Yep. That sounds about right. Thirty eight. 38 points in the paint. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's not good. And, you know, the guy I, – I took uh, my good friend Russ Bailey um, to the game with me. And we were watching the game, and I'm just like, you know, you watch the game, and I, I don't think sometimes, you know, just fans, myself, anybody, you just realize, man, how important rebounding is to winning and losing. And I'll never forget this. I got to tell this story real quick. So um, I'm playing for UC. Um, we're getting ready to play Duke in the Great Alaska shootout. And I'll never forget this pre – it was the night before when we were doing our scouting report on Duke. And I'll never forget Coach Huggins telling us this. Coach Huggins said the key to beating Duke is going to be rebounding, plain and simple. And he broke it down mathematically for us on, on how important. I never heard him break it down like this before. He said, Duke, if they get one shot at the basket, get a rebound, and get a second shot, they're most likely going to make that second shot. I forget what the percentage was. They were damn good if they got a second chance at the basket. If they had a third chance at the basket from an offensive rebound, you know it's going in, probably because it's going to be a close shot at the basket. So Hug said, if you take a great team like Duke and you're basically only giving them one shot at the basket and you're getting the um, defensive rebound, us being the Bearcats, uh, they become a very average team. So Hugs broke down how we make a very good team who had pros. JT, you remember they had pros, Elton Brand, Trajan, uh, Trajan yeah. Lang. Was that William Avery? William Avery, uh, Corey Maggetti. Uh, yeah. was on his way. He wasn't there yet, but he was in the crowd. I mean, they had guys, maybe eight pros, I think, on that team. Yeah, that team was crazy. They had Elton, Elton Brand team was crazy. But Boozer was already gone. Yeah, he was already gone. No, no, yeah. no, Boozer, just, Boozer was, was still in high school. Yeah, Boozer was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, sitting yeah. in the stands. That's crazy. I remember seeing him because he was the talk of the town. So, um, but they were a very good team. But Hug says we'll make them average if we get rebounds and only give them one shot at the basket. Now, on the flip side, Hug said, you know, we're not a very good team with one shot. We need <laughs> multiple shots at the basket. So, you know, there were two sides to it. We've got to get offensive rebounds, so our percentage of the ball going in goes up higher, and then making them a very average team by giving them one shot and out, and, and maybe not even giving them a shot if you play solid enough defense. Um, that was part of the strategy. I mean, we—I mean, if you remember the first half against Duke, we we were killing them, absolutely killing them. We were doing our defensive assignments were on point. We were rebounding the basketball, so all those things. So I think, and, and listen. I think for the most part, the Bearcats have done a good job rebounding the basketball. <clears throat> there have been a couple games. Um, I think this game being physical was not a good. And by the way, I mean, this is our second year doing the podcast. I, I don't know, maybe one other time I've complained about referees. But I will say the crew that refereed this game, Houston, I felt like this game was too fast and physical for them. They couldn't even keep up. No, nope. like, they were out of. I mean, I'm telling you, man, and I, I don't watch referees as like very much, but I started watching. I was telling Russ, who was sitting with me, I was watching him. I'm like, he's not in line, he's not where he should be as a referee. He missed this call because he's too. It was like it was the game was too fast and physical for him, JT. Yeah, and they didn't move like the baseline people didn't move, but uh, yeah, it was one one play like Jamil got fouled on a hook shot twice 
from the same shop, and they didn't call it. Yeah. Like, luckily, he was strong enough to at least get it on, up on the rim. You know what I mean? But he turned. It was a baseline play. He turned into him. It was physical, physical. Boom. Turned into him. He fouled him on a go on the way up, and he got fouled on the forearm on a shot. Barely missed it. Should at least been shooting two at the free throw line. If they yeah. call it, yeah, shooting two at the free throw line. Nothing. There's a couple other plays. Um, it's a lot of plays, man. I think who what was the play that somebody blocked one of the Houston players and it was clean and they called it a foul. I think it was John Newman, right? Yeah, he cut he cuffed it. Oh, and he got it clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, they just like John Newman. It's yep. like then there was, was the one the one called down, it was late second half. The ball goes out under the UC basket, which is right in front of where the media sits. And the ref just kind of looked at it. like it went out directly in front of the ref, like two feet in front of him, like right the ref on the baseline. He didn't even see it. And then he goes, he makes the ref from the half court make the call. He, the ref at the half court makes the call. And we're like, what is right in front of you? Like, how is yeah. that far ref making that call when he's on the opposite side of the field? Like he's still running down after the, the up tempo transition, but in the end, it was a ball that was definitely out on Houston, if I remember right, and it got swung to Houston's favor, and that was just one of those calls that stood to mind. You're like, I don't know how you missed that when you're right there. That, 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 the whole crew was just – they weren't in sync with each other. Usually, like, referees talk and say, hey, you know, you know, UC and Houston have a, have a pass they've played, so this game's going to be physical. It's going to be some emotions to it, so – we need to call it this way or call it that way and blah, blah, blah. You know, they'll usually discuss these things, but I feel like, man, it's like they just all arrived at different times at the games and never even spoke. It was just like, yeah, just roll in, get a quick uh, however much, 1,000, whatever they get paid to do the game and get out of there. But um, but, but listen, n- enough about the referees. Back to the game. Um, I, and I, I will say this. I, I really think that um, the Bearcats now – now they know like we've played i mean obviously we got iowa state but we've played a majority of the big 12 teams ranked teams some of the toughest teams we're right there with them we got to figure out what are we going to do down the stretch to beat these teams we know how to compete we we know how to be tough but we got to close these games um I, and I'm not sure. Listen, there, there, there could be three different answers I can give you for what, um, what, what they can do. I, and I'm, and I'm not sure what's the right one. But they better figure it out uh, versus Iowa State because that's going to be a uh, definitely a tough game. And the Bearcats take on number ten Iowa State on Tuesday at 7 p.m. in the beautiful Fifth Third Arena. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Let's jump into the big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, we'll start with you. Who should we look out for in the Bearcats? Are you feeling today? You feel like you got this one? Oh, no, man. I ain't being too good. I mean, he's just solid. He didn't rebound as well as I wanted him to. Um, but I thought he played solid on the offensive end for sure. He definitely made an impact. Uh, so not what I wanted all the way, but I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting better at this. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going to go player to watch right now. I'm going to go back to my man, Dan Skillings. I feel like he's been solid. Uh, he's kind of been like the sometimes start, sometimes doesn't. So he – you know, came in, thought he played well, started in the second half. Um, they go on a run. And he had double digits. I feel like he scored. Uh, I can't remember the last time he hasn't scored double digits. So I'm expecting him to do that um, to make an impact on the defensive end. Iowa State is akin to Houston on the physicality. Um, the Bearcats haven't watched them like, you know, face, seen them live. So it's going to be a little different. But I think. Playing Houston uh, and playing them, they got to bring the same type of physicality they did on those, especially uh, with the middle of the first half, beginning of the second half physicality, and see what happens. But I think uh, 
Dan, I think he has a good game. I think he has 10 to 14 points, um, gets the fifth third going, five or six rebounds, and makes a couple plays on defensive end that gets the crowd rolling in fifth third. Yeah, JT, you know what's what's crazy is I, I don't know the percentages, but um, I, it's got to the point where sometimes when, I don't know, pick a player, uh, Day Day or Jizzle drives to the basket and they've got to pitch it out for a three, the only person I have confidence in sometimes is Dan Skillings on that three. Like he, he's been, I think, more consistent than others. You guys agree with that? Like mm-hmm. sometimes I see Dan – now there's some that 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 are wild, but um, yeah. when he's set and he's good. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good looking shot. That might go in. Like, I'm kind yeah, of more sure. confident in his than others. For sure, he started off a little cold from three, and then like when he's he can get erratic, but when he's set, even if it's a hand in his face, it's a, still a good shot normally. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. And look, let me ask you this too: it, it is this is crazy. But is Aziz one of the best free throw shooters on the Bearcats team? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, not not obviously not form wise, but percentage wise. I mean, uh, I, feel I don't like- know. Per- the last two games, I feel like I feel like he's, he's been good. legit. Like I don't think he missed yes um, on Saturday. I don't think he. I think after missing two, the the game before, I felt like he made like four or five in a row or something like that. It's crazy, and, and 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 the form on him is wild. <laughs> it's, it's a line drive. <laughs> I mean, he's seven feet, whatever. You know, it's just like, you know, guys like that are gonna have some funky looking form. Yeah, but, I mean, there's I, there was times during the Houston. I mean, he went to the free throw line. I said, I'm, I feel I feel confident about him making these, and then boop boop, he made them. Yeah, and I I, I should feel. I mean, there are other guys I should feel more confident about, and I don't sometimes yeah. repeat the line, which is which is crazy. Yeah, she's on the other foot right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Neil, um, who do we need to watch out for from Iowa State? Yeah, well, before we get into Iowa State, I would like to throw it out that JT – was right the last few games, but I was two for two on the last episode, in case anyone was keeping count. We had Day-Day Thomas having a good game versus Houston. And can't forget that we called my shot with the color of the Gatorade in last night's Super Bowl. So I got to throw that out there. Got to throw that out there. I was two for two last night. He's, so He's letting us know, JT. Letting, letting it know. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, he, yep. Called that shot. But overall for Iowa State, this is a – they thought Houston was a physical team, but this Iowa State team is right there behind them. I mean, they're now sitting number 10 in the latest AP polls that came out on Monday, sitting at 18-5 and five on the season, 7-3 and three in Big 12 play, which is the least second in the conference. This is a team that will just wear you down physically, and you look down at what they were able to do this season. I mean, this is a team where – believe they were projected to finish lower than what Cincinnati was in the preseason standings. And Cincinnati was projected to finish seventh or eighth. And you look down at this, uh, how the season's going for TJ Oselberger and this Iowa state team is one of the best teams in the country. And they are led by very talented and talented backcourt led by Kashawn Gilbert and Tamlin, Tamlin, Tamon Lipsy. Come on, Lipsy. So those- <laughs> we ain't got the name game going. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but those two guards, I mean, they have been fantastic for Iowa State. Kashawn Gilbert's averaging 14 points per game on five rebounds on a true 47% field goal shooting. I mean, this is a guy who is able to really affect the game in many ways. He leads the team in a or second on the team in assists as well with 96. So he's averaging about three assists per game or a little over a little over four assists per game, roughly. So this is a guy, I mean, he has really struggled to shoot the three-point ball. And, I mean, he's shooting at just a 30% clip from behind the arc. But when he what he is able to be really good at is something that Jamal Sheed was able to do very well versus the Bearcats on Saturday, and that is draw 
contact in the paint, get downhill and attack. He is very great around the rim. I mean, he's shot 130 free throws on the season, although he has only converted on 72% of those free throws. So like a Houston kind of caliber team, they're led by the backcourt. And Kashawn Gilbert is the number one option for Iowa State there on the scoring records. And Taman Lipsy is right there behind him, averaging 13.5 points per game. He's averaging five rebounds, but leads the team with 123 assists. So this is a guy who's putting up 13, five, and five roughly per game with five assists per game. And he he does it all for Iowa State. And then you look down, you can't forget about the three-point shooting specialist of Milan Mimsilivic as he is shooting 48, 42% from behind the arc. So that's a guy you can't, can't let get open or he'll make you pay for it. And... Six foot eight, I would a true freshman as well. So he's having a great, a great start to his collegiate career. And that's what's making this Iowa State team so good right now because they are able to score on all three levels. But this isn't an Iowa State team that jumps off the page where you're like, okay, they they might out rebound me, but this is a the Iowa State's only averaging 35 rebounds a game. And Cincinnati's currently sitting eight, I believe it was 10th in the country earlier today in the updated standings in the NCAA in terms of rebounding. So this is a game where I think the Bearcats could really have a solid performance there in the front court, whether that's an Aziz Bandego, Jamil Reynolds, Victor Lockin. You can't forget Odio Guama. So I think this is a game where the Bearcats front court could play a lot of different mismatches in the paint and really take that to advantage. They are. Cincinnati is currently one and a half point favorites heading into this contest. So they're the early favorites heading into tomorrow's contest, but they know how big of an opportunity they have ahead of them because this is a very good Iowa State team that has proved to be one of the best teams in all of college basketball throughout this season. Uh, Now, quick update on uh, Bearcats health. Could we be looking at two games in a row with a completely healthy roster? Well, and, and when I say completely healthy, at least C.J. Frederick was available last game. I know he didn't play a lot, but he was available. Everybody else was available, correct? Correct. And C.J. played two minutes for Houston. But Wes Miller even said in his post-game press conference that they actually sent, for those who were at the game or watched the game, C.J. Frederick was actually sitting at the scorer's table early on in the second half That's when they were looking to get some momentum there after the Houston run in terms of scoring. And then that's when the Bearcats started to kind of chip away. So then Wes Miller pulled him back to kind of see what they were had working with. And that was the team that was that lineup was working to really kind of stop that bleeding from Houston. But overall, I think this is a game where CJ Frederick would is expected to play more than two minutes. Obviously he is back healthy and assuming there was no setbacks after the, the Iowa or the Houston game. You now have a quick turnaround, and this Iowa State game is a much-needed game for a guy like C.J. Frederick. And if they can get him back to that 10- to 14-minute mark here coming off the bench and what could be a first true true game since that hamstring injury, Bearcats could be firing on all different cylinders because we talk about it on this podcast many times before. When C.J. Frederick is on the court, it opens up the front court for the Bearcats, and this could be the bounce-back game for Victor Locken if C.J. Frederick is able to go for an extended period of time. All right, you know what time it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the name game with Neil Meyer. This is where we go to the rosters of the team the Bearcats are playing and have Neil attempt to say the names of some of these players, which sometimes are completely, completely bizarre. Now, um, you've already uh, said a couple, which we were going to get to, but let's start with number one for Iowa State. Number one for Iowa State is Jackson Pavletsky. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Number three. Number three for Iowa State is Tamin Lipsy. That's your guy right there. Number 22. Milan Momsilovic. Ooh, say say that last name again. Momsilovic. Mom, mom, moms. Is it moms? 
like Momsilovic. It's M O M C I L A V I C. Damn, that's baller. Number 33. Last Number but not least, Omaha Baloo. <laughs> Omaha, how you say last name? Baloo. Baloo. I like that one. I think I think what we need to do at the end of the year, uh, JT, is we need to get like the number one name. And mm. I think right now in the lead though is a cock a cock. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's in the lead. JT, are, do you agree with me on that? Pause. Yeah. Oh, that's paused out. Double pause. But that's uh, definitely, definitely the, the name. Yeah, I think Neil. You think that's in the lead? Double A. I I think I think uh, that's in the lead. Yeah. Double A. Arn Anderson. We can't forget our guy, uh, Pooh from UCF though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Can't forget uh, him. We'll be talking about him this week too. What what was what was the team we played where I had you say like the it was like the trainer's name he was from like uh, uh, yeah. Texas Tech was that Texas Tech Texas Boy, Tech that was tough yeah it was that was that was super tough that must it must suck a little bit when you have like a name that is not a very common name and everywhere you go people pronounce your name incorrectly you just give up like you're just like yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to call me, like that, <laughs> or, or or like trying to spell it, like gotta be terrible, right? Imagine being a kid too. If you've got like a really long, crazy last name, like just learning <laughs> that as a kid, like imagine like misspelling your net your last name on a like a you know <laughs> writing it on a piece of paper and stuff. But uh, true, the big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right, so. My player to watch from the Bearcats, I'm going with Jizzle James. Um, I'm going to say this is the Jizzle James game. Um, the physicality um, that you guys talked about earlier. I think, um, Neil, and help me out with this, but I believe uh, Kelvin Sampson said something in the presser. I didn't get to hear it, but I think I saw on Twitter about Jizzle James and his strength as a guard. Yeah, he actually gave a lot of credit and praise to Jizzle James because he – he was like, he, he doesn't even play like a freshman because of how strong and physical he is. And he was like, he just, he's going to be so good. They're doing a great job with his development. And he gave Wes Miller and the Cincinnati staff a lot of praise for developing a guy like Jizzle James. And he knows the potential that is there. Obviously, we all know how talented Jizzle James is. But to hear that praise from a Hall of Fame coach like Kelvin Sampson was fantastic. But we also got to hear him kind of laugh about it. He goes, man, how awesome. Is his name Jizzle James? Goes, <laughs> oh, said Kelvin said yeah. that, yeah. In the post game presser, he was like, and then we were like, his real name's Edrin, Edrin James Jr. And he goes, oh, I would never call him Edrin, I would call him Jizzle because man, I, li- I like that name. That's funny. He was like, You guys like it too, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, You guys like calling that, don't you? Because I would, <laughs> I'll call him that all the time. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm I'm rolling with Jizzle for this game, and I think this is going to be a game that he really steps his game up. I think he loves those physical type of games like this. Um, I could see him really pushing the basketball in transition and, and, and getting to the bucket. So I'm going with Jizzle James. I think last game I said it was going to be a John Newman game. Um, I mean, I was you could say you could say John was pretty strong last game. You guys agree with that? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. absolutely. 10-10, yeah. double-double. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep, so I'm going with Jizzle James this game. So the Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give Loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They've been in your position and would love to help you solve your problems. They can be contacted at 513-739-9473 or online at smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. In the Kenyon segment, sponsored by Greg Hood and at Beachmont Toyota, we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Rebound. 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 
Rebound. Get the ball. Get two hands <laughs> on the back. <laughs> Who is that? Tarian Prince. Remember that? <laughs> he was like, they got the like they got two hands on the ball more times than us, and they won the game. No, nah, but uh, <laughs> they got a rebound, man, because Houston, the Ogden on the glass, they cannot allow themselves. Even if they get out rebound, that's fine, but they have to keep it within four. Within four. They can't allow it to be five or more. I think that would be too much of a, a differential. And I think that would mean a lot of offensive rebounds, which Houston had a lot. Um, I'm not for sure. If I don't think Iowa State rebounds at the clip of a Houston, but at the same time, they're very physical. So when your with physicality leads to rebounds most of the time. So we need it, we need them to compete on the glass from the jump and then keep the turnovers down. I don't think they didn't turn Houston over a lot, which I didn't expect, but at the same time, that didn't help either. So I think they gotta try to turn Iowa State over some, especially with the crowd. Crowd, uh, uh, maybe get them close to 10. I don't know what they're averaging, but get them close to 10 turnovers. Um, I think that'd be good because they have strong guard play, so it might be interesting. And so if they get it close to there, that means some good things are happening. And then um, good shot selection. But I think the glass is really the key because they, you know, you, they got to answer the answer the bell after Houston. Um, at the end of the day, the glass was what kind of killed them, even with the referees. If they handle the glass a little bit better, I think, especially early, I think they don't have to make as if they make those big runs, they they give themselves a big lead besides just getting ahead by a couple points. Yeah, yep. Now, Neil, um, what do the Bearcats need to do to win big? I know JT's been talking about rebounding. We've talked about rebounding before. Obviously, that's a key, but give us something else that the Bearcats need to do to win big versus Iowa State. Yeah, I think for Iowa State, in order to win big, JT really hit the nail on the head in rebounding, but they got to find a way to force Iowa State to 15 or more turnovers. I think that will be very crucial. I thought I thought Day-Day Thomas and Jizzle James and John Newman and the crew was fantastic versus Houston in terms of really altering Jamal Sheed and LJ Cryer, who both are Big 12 all-conference players. But Iowa State has two very talented guards as well. And I think if they can force those turnovers, force some pressure on the Iowa State backcourt, that's going to be the difference maker in this one because Iowa State is a very tough and physical backcourt presence, especially with the two-guard play of uh, Lipsy and Gibson. So if they can really alter those two guys into getting into some turnovers, if they can get them into some foul trouble, that's even better. But for them to win big, force some turnovers and just – find a way to take the easy baskets when possible. Now, if that means you get to the free throw line and you contact hunt, hey, by all means do it because Iowa State's physical and we all talked about it after the Houston game before the press conferences. Houston is a physical team. We saw how they doubled everything right off the early actions in the Cincinnati offense. But Iowa State, for anybody who has watched it, they're just a little bit more physical than Houston and that says a lot. So they're going to have to be physical they're going to have to win the battle of the glass, but really be locked in on the defensive end and try to find ways to create those turnovers. If they can do that, they can hold, if they can get Iowa State to about 12 to 15 turnovers and capitalize on at least, let's go eight or nine of them and get about 20 points off turnovers, potentially eight, I'll go 15 to 20 points off turnovers. That will be the difference maker in this game. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of what both of you guys have said. Uh, Iowa State is three is three and three on the road, so they've lost three on the road. Um, what, one thing I want to see the Bearcats do is jump out to a big early lead. Okay, no slow starts. Let's jump out to a big early lead, and in I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that. One of the major keys to this game is for them to get a ton of fast break points, at least in the 20s. Okay, I'd love to see them get the ball, push it. And that, that's going to tie into what you're talking about, Neil, um, and that's getting some steals. 
right? You got to get some steals, push the basketball, and finish at the basket. I think, and this is back to why I've got Jizzle James because when I was looking through this, I was saying, huh, what would be a great key to the game? And when I when I said, you know, fast break points, I think Jizzle is going to be a big part of that from a standpoint of you know him being physical, getting some steals, pushing it, getting it to the basket. Now, hopefully, the Bearcats are pushing it, getting it to the basket, getting fouled and going to the free throw line, which in turn, hopefully they're making their free throws. I think if they can do those things, I think we'll be leaving out of the Fifth Third Arena as a, as a happy group of uh, Bearcat fans. The Kenyon segment, Keys of the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, the Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. So for the hot topics today, we start talking about this earlier. JT, you mentioned it. Neil, you mentioned it. Um, recently, this past game, uh, a UC home crowd booed one of our own in the Victor Lockett. Now, I do want to say this. It was not the entire crowd. It was a section of Bearcat fans that that booed him. And my question to you guys is, 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 is two-part. I'll, I'll kind of get into my thoughts. Um, first of all, you spoke on Vic, but should college athletes be booed at any point? You're, you're, I'm talking about your, your, your players that play for the team that you root for. I get it, and let, let, JT, and I want you to start, but let me, let me say this. Um, I know I've been to Bengals games, I've been to Reds games, and they booed the home team. The yeah. home crowd booed the home team. But in a college basketball arena, I've not seen it like that before, especially with Bearcat fans. Thoughts, JT? Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. So my bad for jumping the gun on that. I think pros is is fair game. Um, not even think it is fair game. They get paid very well. It sucks when it happens, but it's still they're pros, so they gotta. I mean, does it make it right? No, but at the same time, that's what that's what it is. I think college is different, even though they get nil. I mean, that's you know that's long overdue. Um, it's, it's many bag men around college college basketball and football, so we're not going to complain about them getting a little bit of money when the, the universities make a fortune. And that's what keeps a lot of educational buildings afloat. So people got to – it's the game people have to play. But I don't think uh, – unless somebody's done something off the court that has been very – uh, it's very wrong, and I don't think they'd be playing if that was the case anyways. Um, I don't think they deserve to be booed. I don't care if they shoot a thousand. I don't care if he misses a thousand layups, gives up 10,000 offensive rebounds. Um, normally, the coach would get them out, get the person out if that was the case, but at the end of the day, I don't think a young man should be booed out there Um because the game still was a good game. I mean, did he make? Did he not play as well as he normally does? Yes, but same time, I think uh, we got to be smart and give people grace, man. Because you just don't, don't. I mean, he's been a solid piece of the of the team. I mean, he gets sick the last three games. He misses a game. Then the last three games, he's been back. He hasn't been been himself. Hopefully, you know, Tuesday he's a lot better. I mean, I don't know. He's hoping that as well, but. Um, I just think this team goes to another level, and they, they come so versatile if Vic gets back playing solid. Um, just because he can shoot outside, I think he I think right now he has to do less of be more for him, um, where he needs to just go inside and do his thing. You know what I mean? And if, if he misses it, he misses it, but I think he has to be assertive and then just be aggressive on, offense, on defense and offense as well. But uh, – I just think the the fans, man, they just just because you bought a ticket, I mean, you could boo somebody and just boo a singular player. Now, if the team is coming out looking flat, and you want to boo the team, that's fine because it's the team and the effort. 
And we've talked about it. We've seen them boot boot a team before, but I just never seen. As soon as that person checked in, I just thought they they highlighted that person. And I just think that's BS for um, on college and college athletics. I mean, it happened in football, too. You know, they booed. Who do they boo? They booed. Um, Emory Jones, you know, at the end of the start at the end of the year at times. So I didn't think that was right. Even if you feel like, you know, other quarterbacks should be playing. I just think if they're they haven't done anything characteristically wrong, I don't think you can you don't really have the right to boo them um personally. Uh, you could be displeased, but the booing is crazy to me. So I'm getting long winded on that. I think pros is is fair game. College, I, I'm not uh, a big advocate of that. Neil, your thoughts? Yeah, obviously, we touched on this early. For them to boo a guy like Victor Lockin, it's just, it was silly. It was silly, in my opinion. I I don't see the reason behind it. I mean, every player, no matter what sport it is. I mean, I'm a high school volleyball coach. Me, you, you coach a lot of high school. JT's a coach as well. Like, players are going to have bad games. Like, it's it's bound to happen. Like, everyone has it even us as human beings like we all have those days where things just don't go our way and for them to kind of sit there and I mean it was after a second shot attempt I think the first booze rang out like two shot attempts for a guy who has been the heart and soul over the last few seasons I mean look back the last few seasons and I'll stamp it on it look back to two seasons ago the very first since 2021 the crosstown shootout Victor Lockin played his butt off and brought all the energy in a game where Xavier just took control early. But who fought till the very end of that game? Victor Lockin. Look back to last season, who was one of the heart and soul key pieces to that Bearcat team? Victor Lockin. Who dominated the early half and really carried the Bearcats early in the the beginning of the season. I mean, you look down, I mean, he had three double-doubles, I believe, in the first 10 games. Victor Lockett, look what he did against Xavier this season. Look what he's done against teams in the non-conference slate. NKU was a great night for Victor Lockett. Look what he is able to do. For him, for a certain group of fans to target him after he shoots one shot, one or two shots, and you start letting the boo birds ring out with, what was that, 15, 16 minutes in the first half? Like, it, it's just nonsense. As JT mentioned, like, these people forget, like, these are college college kids like these are not kids who are 30 years old playing in the NBA where they're making millions of dollars like these are some kids are really still finding their way in college athletics and people forget like in the terms of NIL international athletes are still kind of still trying to figure their own way out in NIL especially so these they're trying to figure out a lot I mean these are guys who moved across the across the world to have this opportunity and then you turn around and you boo him like that. I, I thought it was pointless. I thought it was silly, but overall I don't see the point in doing it. If you're going to boo somebody, you why, why boo one single person? Last time I checked the basketball is a, a team sport. Every sport is a team sport. Matter of fact. So if you're going to boo somebody, don't single-handedly boo one person, especially someone who is out there giving, relentless effort on a night in and night out basis. Cause all of us who have covered Victor Lockin or have been around him on and off the court, know what kind of person he is and what kind of player he is and how much this Bearcats program actually means to him. Because for people who don't know Victor Lockin, what he has overcome since becoming the Cincinnati. I mean, he comes to Cincinnati from Russia. He had to learn the whole new language. He suffered the, the knee injury, missed time. Missed the whole season, actually, and then overcame and now was one of those quickly came in to be a huge staple for this team over the last few seasons. And to see that happen on Saturday, it, it just didn't sit right. It really didn't. So that's why I'm really praying that this is the Victor Lockin revenge game versus Iowa State. And he gets that opportunity to do it right in front of the home crowd and let him know he heard the boos but he's still going to give you 110%. So, but to boom him like that, I thought it was silly. I, I didn't see a point, point in it personally, but you can't can't win, win them all, I guess, but there's always going to be the one person who is mad about some, some little thing in the end of things, end scheme of things. But to boom on your home court, it's just, it just didn't sit right. 
The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Um, so I've got a couple thoughts. Um, I, I won't. You guys have said a lot in terms of uh, the situation. I agree with a, a lot of things um, in terms of should a college athlete, you know, be booed. Um, I don't. I don't agree with that. Um, and if if like JT made a comment, if if there was a issue off the court or field, um, there was lack of effort on the court. So let's say you had a guy who is on the court and he's not hustling. Um, you know, he's he's not being a good teammate. You know, not listening to what the coach says. I I, I can, you know, I can understand that maybe from the crowd that they don't like the effort, but. You know, JT, a guy like Vic, I mean, I don't think you have to question his effort. He was is he missing shots? Absolutely. Yeah. Is he, you know, defensively, is he is he struggling in some spots? Yes, I think he's just thinking about too many things, but I don't think it's because of bad attitude and lack of effort. You agree with that? Yeah, it's definitely not bad to lack of effort. So that's like you said, I wouldn't if it's something like that, you know where he's hot dogging and stuff like that, maybe you boom, but that's not the case. He's just not playing well right now and i think they're comp you know compounding on top of it with that yeah and i I think it was it was a small faction of bearcat fans and it was i was just you know what yeah it wasn't a huge amount but it was enough to hear and it was just like that's you know and it was enough for for i think vic to hear it and impact him Um, yeah you know and i and i think what makes it tough too is as a coach when you hear that as a coach, Wes heard it. Uh, you have yeah. to be careful of when you sub him out and like different things because you don't want the, you know, the the, the, the booze to be even more when you sub him out. You try to sub him out when maybe there was a positive thing that happened, or you know, in the mix of something going on, so they don't really, you know, put their emphasis towards Vic. But um, you know, just just altogether, not a good situation. I don't like it. It's not very – I mean, like I said, I I, I was kind of shocked. I looked at Russ sitting next to me. I'm like, are they booing him? Like, I've never heard that from Bearcat fans. Like, and that's so bizarre to me that, you know, like, like why now? Why him? Like, it's just one of them weird years, I guess. It's like we never stormed the court, and we stormed the court. <laughs> we never boo a home guy. We booing – it's like, what is going on? Like, yeah. so <clears> – <throat> And it's just something weird in the air, but I tell you, I tell you what I would love, and I'm I'm gonna leave out on this, um, JT and Neil. I would love for Vic to come out, Iowa State, have a big game, have a crowd give him a standing ovation, kind of get him feeling back. Because, like you said, JT, dog, we need that dude moving forward, man. Plain and simple. Yep. Like, cause it just helps him, man. It gives him more balls, you know. I think Jamil is getting his flow, catching his flow. You you know how person Odie is, so if you gotta throw him in there for some minutes, he's gonna be he's gonna be up for it. Disease is catching his flow, you know. Um, but I just think Vic is the most multiple of those guys. But I think just think they're just is stronger, you know. The sword is a lot sharper, you know what I mean? If if, if Vic is playing solid ball and i think bearcat fans have to work with it and then um, hopefully he catches his flow um sooner than later because i just think this team now is getting healthy um at, um people are starting to the, the you know step up you know the bearcats have been competing they competed with him when he's playing well and they've been competing with him when not playing not playing well um so i just think this team would take off and go to another stratosphere honestly if um vic is starting to get to where he's back to his eight to you know 14 points his six to ten boards occasionally like you know a block here and there a couple assists like i just think once he gets back to that flow man the team's gonna be super hard to stop yeah yep well we'll see what happens versus iowa state the twyman segment is sponsored by visionary cleaners visionary cleaners a locally owned company by former bearcat student athletes they specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses apartment, and pre- and post-construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact online at 
visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood in the Beachmont, Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online, DonahueAccountingService.com. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there that we have an interview coming out this week with John Newman. Very excited for this. We've already recorded it. Uh, JT and Neil, any, any thoughts you want to want to uh, say about it? Yeah, first off, let's give a shout out to UCSID David Cohen, uh, who does a fantastic job at setting these interviews up for us. And what he does on a day in and day out consistent basis for UC athletics and the men's basketball program and all the athletics stuff that he is involved with at UC. He does a fantastic job. So we have to give a huge shout out to David Cohen for setting this interview up. Bearcats fans, you are going to want to hear this interview to say the least. It was a fantastic interview with John Newman and it's, it's going to be an eye opening interview. You're going to really take an in-depth look at what a true person that John Newman is what he has had to overcome, but it was a fantastic interview with John Newman that we recorded earlier this afternoon. Yeah, for sure, man. Oh, shout out to David Cohen, man. Cool dude. He, he takes care of us. So definitely appreciate him. Uh, but yeah, the John Newman interview guys, definitely check it out. It is worth it. Dudes, dudes legit on and off the court, man. Funny Funny dude, told us some real good stories. So I'm real happy to be able to share that share that with the you know the people that have been watching, listen to the pod, man. So be on the lookout. We're gonna be spamming that when that drops. So we want to thank all the Bearcat fans for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast. Go Bearcats!